As entrepreneurs, each and every one of us wants to differentiate ourselves from the crowd. I mean, we've got all this noise in the marketplace. Well, today, you're in for a real treat. I have an unbelievable, remarkable talent. He's an internationally known authority on helping organizations to create distinction, to separate yourself from the crowd. He's a best-selling author, and he walks his talks, both in training and consulting. It's Scott McCain. You do not want to miss this because this is the one thing every single entrepreneur needs to do is be distinctive. I'm John Bowen. We're at AESNation.com, and I am looking forward to having you join us in just a second. You want amazing, remarkable, exceptional breakthroughs. Dig deep. Think bold. Drive hard. Watch yourself soar beyond your dreams. AESNation.com. I am so excited to have you here. You know, we've got one good friend, Bill uh, Backrock, that we share in common. Actually, a few more than that. And Bill recommended I reach out. I started looking at your content and I go, I don't know how I haven't yet. So I've started buying all your books and uh, it's so great <laughs> to have you here. That, John. That's, <laughs> that's great. Well, thank you. thank you for joining us. And Scott, you know, one of the things I, I want to dive into, you know, all this distinction, the customer experience, you're working with some of the most successful firms in the country, as well as working with, you know, some of us that are a little less than, uh, you know, fortune 10 type. But <laughs> What I'd like to do is, how did you get into this uh, client experience, uh, you know, making sure the customer's you know, experience is so fantastic, as well as the distinction side? Yeah, John, it goes, goes back a long way. I, I grew up in a very small town in southern Indiana. If, if folks are old enough to remember the John Mellencamp song, Small Town, that's literally about the small town I grew up in. I, I grew up with John. We, we had the little mom and pop grocery store in, in our community. And I, I, I remember the day that a guy that owned the store across the street, it was a clothing store, ran across the intersection to come in and tell my dad they were clearing the field on the north end of our little town to make way for the construction of a supermarket. And at that day, that day, our lives began to change. And so one of the things that I didn't appreciate at the time were the steps that my dad took to combat what was going on down the street with a supermarket whose prices were always going to be better, whose advertising budgets were always going to be bigger. And uh, I, I have, uh, this is my little recording cave that I'm in right now, and, and uh, I have on my desk in my other office a picture of the wrecking ball knocking down the supermarket because after several years, the, the big box retailer closed because they couldn't compete with what we were doing at our little grocery store in spite of, you know, not as broad a selection, not as good of prices, not as technology driven. I mean, all those things. And so it, it started a fascination in me. Why, you know, why did it work that way? Why did, you know, why was my dad able to succeed when, when here, this other business uh, better funded didn't, and it came down to the, to the customer experience. And the other little side point of that is when I was a kid, I was a student officer of a national student organization. And Part of the job of that was was thanking the donors that had contributed to that organization. So by the age of 21, uh, I'd had a private meeting with the chairman of GM and the GM's boardroom. I met with uh, the president of the United States in the Oval Office. I had a private dinner with Colonel Sanders, of all people. And so I had met these incredibly successful 
corporate leaders, political leaders, entrepreneurs, and I was just fascinated by what what were they doing, uh, and and what could I as a kid learn from that? So between those two, I, I had a pretty significant learning laboratory. And then as the business grew, as I'm sure yours has done as well, John, you know, not only do we have a chance to teach, but we certainly, it's it's an incredible laboratory by which to learn and just learning best practices from, from financial advisors and entrepreneurs and, and all, all folks that I've had a chance to come in contact with has been a really remarkable experience. Well, and the one thing we both know is the market provides uh, amazing feedback. And I, I, you know, I go to your father's situation and I'm just, amazed that you know i mean when you know all of us have experiences like that where we we have some big powerful competitor and uh as a matter of fact my father and uncle had a cast iron foundry business and uh-huh. i wish uh, they had the skills of your dad because they did uh-huh. not make it through and uh-huh. and there's so many businesses that with just a little bit of tweaking Yes. Not only can they grow, but they, you know, survive, I guess they can thrive. They can they really thrive. accelerate their success. And, you know, what I, I wanted to do, Scott, is, you know, with the background, your father's experience working with, you know, we're seeing all these very successful entrepreneurs. I mean, we're learning all these lessons and you brought it together and you've written a whole bunch of books. I want to go to the books, but I want to play off of, I thought we were trying to think, you know, there's so much around the different client experience we've got uh you know people with very different businesses selling widgets professional services we've got uh people on the audio side and the video side with us and i thought i'd take your latest book i mean it is a very powerful book and you know uh the seven tenets let me grab the title exactly seven tenets of taxi terry i i thought Geez, what is you know Bill shot you know recommended I get together with you and I'm going <laughs> taxi driver right? taxi driver and I'm going is it on Uber you know what's going on here and you know maybe set the stage of you know the kind of the first introduction you you talk about this varying customer experience and I know the very first part every entrepreneur is going to relate to the first I'm not sure the second but right, the, you right. know, on the airplane I think we can all relate to. Well, you know, I, I, I joke, and I, I, I'm a loyal flyer of theirs, but I joke that Delta stands for delays every landing through Atlanta, right? <laughs> Didn't even leave the airport, don't expect luggage to arrive. I, I'd, I'd had one of those kinds of nights where, you know, I, I didn't make the upgrade. I'm in the middle seat between two big guys and just a just a horrific flight in into Jacksonville, Florida, because the weather were four hours late. I'm tired. Uh, the, the, the flight attendants can't wait to get us off the plane because now it's their last flight of the day. It was just uh, a, a perfect example of, uh, I, I don't really want to say a bad customer experience. It's more of an ordinary customer Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's one that every one of us as entrepreneurs yeah. relate to because we've been there, we've done it. Yeah, I'm a pretty good sized guy, and I, I always love when I get the middle seat, and I got right, two guys right. bigger than me, and yeah. the body heat, and all that. So I can, I've got that visualization here well, now. Yeah. What, what I say in the book too is I, I felt like I was lodged between a sumo wrestler and a parolee. You know, yeah. so it's just, it was just like the worst uh, flight that you could imagine. We finally landed in Jacksonville, and I. You know, I get my old beat up luggage and my old tired body and drag it through the airport to get a cab to go to the Marriott to, to get in place for the meeting the next morning. And, and I, I get in the back of the taxi line. The, the line ended, the, several flights had landed at the same time. The line's longer than I think it's going to be. And I take my place in the back of a, 
unexpectedly long line and I'm tired and I'm beat and I watch all these cab drivers picking up their passengers and finally work my way to the front of the line. The next cab's going to be mine. I see him coming down the down the line. I'm ready to just get in and get to my destination. And, and my driver pulls up and he jumps out of his cab and he points at me in the front of the line and shouts, are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? Well, and I have not yet rode with uh, Terry because right. I haven't had that yet. I've had some good cab rides, no, not course, many, yeah. Yeah. but uh, that is, he's setting the standard pretty high very quickly. Oh, I, well, I mean, and, and it's, it's kind of the last thing you expect to hear at that particular juncture. And I said, yeah, I, you know, I guess so. So he says, <laughs> get in. He jogs over, gets my bag, jogs back, puts it in the truck. You know, jumps in the driver's seat, turns around to me, the bag sticks out of his hand, says, Mr. McCain. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but how'd you know my name? Saw it on your luggage, figured <laughs> yeah. I might as well use it. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I've joked since then. It was amazing to me that here's a cab driver looking for my name, and yet there's a bank branch here in the Las Vegas area that I'm in two or three times a week, and they still don't call me by name. You know, it's, 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 it's amazing just the difference that that little effort can make. And, and he says, I'm Taxi Terry. <laughs> and John, I, gotta tell you, I thought, how come I'm getting stuck with a motivational cab driver? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm tired. I want to get to the hotel. I don't get the motivational cab driver. And, and the, the rest of the ride turned out to be just an extraordinary experience. Uh, he, he asked how long I was going to be staying. He had a little, uh, you know, like a, a smartphone tablet. Uh, embedded in his dash, set to weather.com. And, and I didn't I didn't think about it at the moment. I thought, well, that's kind of it. But if you think about the people he's picking up with all the golf there in the Jacksonville, mm -hmm. Florida area, you know, part of it is going to be, um, um, you know, a lot of golfers in his cab. And so the weather is critically important to how much fun their trip's going to be. He, he told me how he personalizes the experience. Uh, he, he used one example. He, he's got a doctor that's a, that's a client. As we're talking, he said, "Boy, this is really interesting. Do you mind if I record our conversation?" I'm like, yeah, yeah. No, I, again, uh, this yeah. is a different. I mean, I'm, I'm contrasting my mind. You know how Terry is doing it, and I did fly Delta the last two days, and uh, they did I actually got on early. I would give them. I got upgraded. Yeah. I love them. You know that type of thing. But uh, a different experience. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And, and, and so he's describing, well, I got to admit, too, when he, when he said he wanted to record the call, I thought, I'm in cash cab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. or taxi yeah, cab. Yeah, look, looking for the camera. So I, I'm asking, well, why are you so prepared to record conversations in your cab? And he says, well, I'll give you an example. Uh, there's a local doctor, Dr. Smith, and I drive into the airport all the time. And during one of the rides, he mentions that his daughter, Jill, had just enrolled at Vanderbilt University in Nashville. So he said, as soon as he says that, he gets out of the cab, I get him to the airport, I get back in the cab, and I hit my button, and I just dictate, I record uh, what he's just told me. Then every night I get home, and I take the recordings that I've made, and I enter the information into my database. Now, I know entrepreneurs yeah. that I've done a lot of business yeah. with that don't have, you know, my kids' names, where they're going to school, but that's what he's putting in his database. And he said, so the next time I pick up the doctor and I'm driving him home from the airport, I, I can turn to him and say, you know, I've really been wondering, how's Jill doing at Vanderbilt? How's school going for her? Is, does she like Nashville? Does she? It, it just absolutely blew me away. 
I mean, uh, that a cab driver is is giving this type of. But but then he said, do you think he'll let anybody else take him to the airport? <laughs> no, uh, yeah. you talk about customer loyalty. I mean. Uh, he he's yeah, understanding lifetime client value, and most yes, cab drivers, yes. it's you know until they get you to the hotel. Um, yeah. This is not the case with Terry. Well, exactly, John, and, and and you know, reflecting on it as well, and I I, I don't want to make it sound like I you know I had all these ideas during the ride because it was only upon reflection that it really I I, I thought about it, but it's hard to think of anything more commoditized than a cab ride. I mean, I, I I walk out. I bet you do the same. You know, we finish a program. You walk out of the hotel. You just take whatever cab sit in front. You, you you there's there's not a brand loyalty to it. There's not a uh, they're all the same. They get you from point A to point B. You hope they speak the English language. They hope you hope they get you to the right destination uh, in, in in a relatively clean uh, environment in a relatively clean situation. Right? And this guy just. Blew, you know, blew my expectations out of the water. Gets me to the hotel, jumps out of his cab, runs to the back, gets out my bag, and he's holding my bag like it's family. You know, <laughs> hands my bag to the bellman and says, "Presenting Mr. McCain." Well, yeah, no, I, I when I, I read that, I, I before. Yeah, you know, this was this was different for me. <laughs> and uh, uh, just from beginning to end, and I, I've stayed in touch with Terry. I've, I've used his services many times, and 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 it it became kind of the metaphor by which I talk about how any business, how any entrepreneur, how any individual employee can create the ultimate customer experience. Because let's face it, if you can do it in a commoditized business like driving a cab, then whatever our service or, or product might be, mm -hmm. there's got to be a way that we can that we can follow that example. And so that, that's what I tried to do in the book. My, my previous books have been on creating distinction. What does it take to stand out in your marketplace? And, and Terry is certainly a shining example of someone who, in a business that it would seem would be difficult to stand out in, he's, he's done a very remarkable job of doing exactly that. Well, and you and I have had the privilege of working with a lot of entrepreneurs who are extremely successful in areas that you would never think. And they, yes. they, universally, they have distinction. They have a great client experience. And I, I wanted you to share that story because uh, we could all relate to it. But what I want to do is I'm going to use the book, uh, with your permission, kind of go through the seven tenets, because right. I was just, when I, I looked at it, uh, your thoughtfulness of how you're seeing people make this happen, your fellow entrepreneurs are phenomenal. And I mean, I'm gonna start with one. The first tenet in your book is set high expectations and then exceed them. And you know, as entrepreneurs, sometimes we get afraid of setting too high of expectations. And, and then, you know, kind of, we don't want to overpromise, you know, right. all those challenges. And then maybe we're setting the bar too high. You know, if we're going to really distinguish ourselves, why do we need to do that? Well, I think uh, the customer is going to have an expectation whether we are involved with it or not. And so, I think one of the things that we need to do is to get involved with setting the expectation at the onset of the relationship that we have with the customer. It, it, it works for two reasons. Number one is it, it helps distinguish us in the marketplace. Let's face it, when Terry said, are you ready for the best cab ride of your life? That's not setting the bar very high to be the best <laughs> one that I've ever had. It, it, it's always just bothered me so much when I walk in a business and see that sign or, or I'll, I'll work with financial advisors sometimes that will say, well, our goal is to exceed client expectations. And then I'll say, well, great. What are the expectations of your client? 
Yeah, it's quiet. Well, <laughs> probably, you know, how do you exceed an expectation of which you're unaware? I mean, it, it's a nice thing to say, but so very few of us really know what our customers really expect because we haven't asked them. We haven't talked to them about it. And, and Terry knew enough from talking with his passengers that the expectation that you have getting in a cab is really not very high. You know, just get me to the right place and I'm pretty satisfied. You know, don't don't take me a circuitous route and overcharge me. And so by saying that, he, he got my attention. By saying that, he set a bar uh, for himself and for me. And, and, and that's the one of the overlooked aspects of this too, I, I think, John, is that when we set expectations, not only are we creating something in the customer's mind, but we're really benchmarking our own performance. I mean, Terry's not just challenging my thoughts in terms of what the expectation is. It's also something that he uses as a reminder to himself of how for every customer, every time, he has to deliver. And he set a high expect expectation and he, and he did exceed. What I like too, Scott, is that you know, it provides that leadership. I mean, we're really, right. you know, we're, we're, as entrepreneurs, most of us have a little bigger business than Terry. And although he's doing really well, <laughs> but right, we have right. a bigger business and we've got teammates. And, you know, if we're in the senior role, we've got to, you know, really inspire people. And one of the best ways to do it is to set high expectations, you know, working with people. We want to make a huge difference. Sure. Let me go to the second tenet, which is delivering what helps the client helps you. What do you mean by that? That's related. To, what I did was to break apart that ride into each of the segments and tried to think of now what what did I learn from how Terry did that? And this is regard to the the weather forecast. You know, I, I, there's no reason I'm going to depend on a cab driver for meteorological information. You know, I mean that, that's not part of the job description. Yet, if, you, if what he did was to carefully consider what would help and be a benefit to his customers, and so knowing what the weather was going to be. If, particularly if you're there on a golf outing, but even for me thinking about, okay, what's the weather going to be when they're picking me, you know, how should I dress? How should I, you know, there, there, there's no one that's not helped by that bit of information. It, it didn't at the moment put anything in Terry's pocket, but yet it was one of the building blocks that differentiated himself from, from every other cab driver I've, I've, I've been a part of. I, I, I was working at, I don't mean to overuse the example, but I, I was working with a financial advisor one time that, he sends a book every month to his clients. He just finds a business book, and that's how we cross paths. He, he liked the book, and, and, and he sends a business book every month to his clients. Now, does that mean that I'm going to move more of my assets to him simply because I'm sending him the book? Well, it's part of what makes that advisor unique. And, and so that's what Terry has understood so well, is that doing something that helps your clients while the immediate return, it's, it's, it's not something that you're going to see instantly as you're looking at your business, but it, it develops the kind of relationship and creates the kind of experience that will have a long-term payoff for any Yeah, I, I just, I found those value added to be, you know, it's inexpensive, whether it's the book. You know, we're, we're just, we're really, you know, trying to add value beyond that base expectation. And, and that's huge. And I think it kind of leads into the next, uh, the thing. Uh, third tenant where we start talking about customers are people. So personalize their experience. As entrepreneurs so often, you know, we want to scale things and, you know, personalization means the word processor puts the name in. Is, yeah, you know, yeah. It's not very personalized. You know, 
what are you seeing the most successful entrepreneurs do, you know, to personalize? You know, John, for one of my previous books called What Customers Really Want, we interviewed thousands of customers and we asked them just two questions. Number one, what do you want at the places where you do business? What, what are some basic things that you want? And then the second question is, what are you getting? And, and we found six major disconnections, but the primary disconnection of, of all six was the disconnection between personal focus and product focus. Mm -hmm. What customers were saying is, know me, know my problem, know my challenges, know what I'm going after. But what they said, what they found when they did business is, we want to talk about what we sell, what we do, what we got. And, and so finding a way, at the end of the day, I'm going to buy the product. I'm going to buy the ride from the, from the airport to the Marriott. But the fact that Terry was interested in why are you in Jacksonville? What, what are you doing here? How can I be of service? Oh, of course, you're going to need a ride back. Well, finding a way to make it about me rather than about the cab ride meant that he got to book a return trip. You know? and, and so the more that we can personalize the experience, the more we understand that there are people with their challenges and their problems, whether we're talking about an internal customer or an external customer, uh, the, the, the better off that we're going to be because we respond to those personal experiences. You know, we don't talk enough about emotion in business, yet we want loyalty. And that's always seemed like such a huge disconnect for me because we only are loyal to something that we care about. To, to some, you know, if I didn't care, why would I be loyal? But there has to be some kind of emotional connectivity that drives loyalty. And, and without that personalization, how do we expect to generate the kind of emotion that will ensure repeat business and loyalty? I think your next tenet kind of goes to it. So many entrepreneurs are left brain dominant and right. they – you know, the, the fourth ten is think logically, which we're more than happy to do. Sure. But then we've got to act creatively and consistently. And this is where we get into trouble because, you know, we, we're not um, as creative sometimes. We, you know, we want to make it simple. How, yeah. how, how are you seeing, uh, you know, again, the, the top entrepreneurs that you're working with use this tenant? One of the things we discovered in, in the research is that Many entrepreneurs tend to think of creativity, meaning I've got to be innovative from A to Z in my organization. Yet when you talk to customers, you find something very different. And that is, if you're creative at one point, the perception of the customer or the client is that you're an innovative provider. Um, the, the, the best, most global example that I can use is the rental car business. Uh, the Ford I get from Avis is the same as the Ford I get from Hertz. There's zero product differentiation. It's, it's not like budget is renting a different car mm -hmm. than the national. But when Enterprise came along, the Taylor family founding it in St. Louis, they decided to be, be creative at one specific area. And as we know at Enterprise, they pick you up. So changing just one thing, how does the customer access the product? By moving it from you come to us to pick it up to we will bring it to you. And now, as you know, Enterprise is bigger than Hertz. They're the dominant player in the industry. And it's not because they run a better car or a different car. It's because they got creative and unique at one specific point in the process. And so what I encourage entrepreneurs to do is, you know, sometimes we say, well, it's the industry standard. Well, that means it's the average. You know, it means it's the common experience that a customer could have. Take a look and, and, and be creative just at one specific point. Uh, no. find a way to do that and it, it's amazing the response that you get and how it changes the perception about your business 
it's 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 not it's not throwing the baby out with the bathwater and, and think many of us who are left brain think of, of creativity as being chaos. It's not. It's it's choosing one particular specific point and then flipping that to create a, a branding I, point in the market. I, I, I love, love that example because it, it what it does is it, it you know, so many of us think we have to be way creative. And here what we're doing is we're talking about just one particular area that we can do to differentiate and enterprises, you know, done that to raise their market cap billions and billions of dollars. Let's go hey, to- John, can I, can oh, I go give ahead. you one more quick example of that? Just to, just to back that point that, that you're saying there. I talked with songwriters in Nashville who you would typically think, these are highly creative, right? Mm -hmm. Novelist songwriters. They, they said the first thing you do is to begin with logic and clarity, not creativity. I asked for more. Well, when you're sitting down to write a song, they said sometimes they'd even think, okay, now I'm going to write a song for, and they'd think of the artist. They would put the artist's picture on their computer screen. They would be very specific. Is this going to be a pop song or a country song? This is going to be our customer, this particular artist. And then you write, then you get creative and write a song for that artist. Now, I always thought it was just, you know, you're waiting for the muse to hit, yeah. right? I'm a business guy. <laughs> I, well, the, the heavens are going to come down and give me this creative idea. And they said, no, it, it, it's a process. So as an entrepreneur, if I could think, okay, here's my customer very specifically. Now, how do I create something a little different that would hit that target? We, we take this misconception that we often have of creativity and, and do exactly what you were talking about, bringing a disciplined logic, logical approach. Well, and I love you know, having a team where you bring the whole team around to helping you do that or your outside consultants as well. It, I mean, when you're, you don't try to do it every step of the way, it's so amazing. Right. Let me go to Tenet uh, 5, which is uh, one of my favorite is make your customer the star of the show. Where, how are you seeing this work out? Well, my, my first book was called All Business is Show Business. Um, I, I, I was fascinated by how there were so many things. I, I had the greatest part-time job in the world for many years. I, I, I was seeing a lot of movies. I had a buddy who was in the news business, and he said, Scott, I don't know anybody. You know, because I'd, I'd be on the road like 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 you are, and, and you know, rather than sit in the hotel room, I'd go out and see a movie. So I was always seeing the movies. And he said, well, how would you like to review movies? Do you know, Come in when you're not on the road, <laughs> tape a movie review, tell us what you think of a movie. Well, that got kind of some traction and so the studio started asking me to interview the celebrities and so I've interviewed Tom Hanks and John Travolta and Arnold Schwarzenegger's booked me for a couple of speeches and I mean it, it's been a really great experience but but the thing that I learned about them was 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 this the the more that that entertainer made you feel like a star the more bonded that you got to that entertainer right uh, John Travolta complimented me on on the suit that I had and said hey, you're I, you're, you're wearing Armani, you know, and that, how did you, you know, I mean, I'll never forget that. So <laughs> part of the trick that these stars knew was to make the person they were talking to feel like a star. Well, I thought that's got great business application, right? I mean, if, if I make my customer feel like the star of the show, but think about how most businesses, the business tries to make the business the star. We spend so much time working on the business, you know, we're proud. That, that was one of the things I saw my dad do at that little grocery store. It wasn't about McCain's Market. It was about knowing every customer's name when they came in. He would even name specials after some of our customers, right? So this week's special is on behalf of, right? 
all the things that we can do to make that customer feel like they are the center of our universe. They are the, the reason for us being there. So when Terry turned to the bellman and said, presenting Mr. McCain, right? It made me feel, are you kidding me? I, you know, that's never happened in my life. Well, and all of a sudden, the bellman feels compelled to call me by name, yeah. right? When we walked in the hotel, the bellman even said to the front desk clerk, oh, this is Mr. McCain. He's our guy. It begins this domino effect of, of what's going to happen. And so Terry's, who wouldn't want to repeat that experience? When you're made to feel like a star, when you're made to feel like you matter, you know, that, that's the whole key. Are we creating experiences that our, that our customers want to repeat and want to refer? And, well, and, and that's what it is. Well, does. and I, I want to point out, too, it's not expensive to do. This is no, the, the no, amazing – I mean, Terry did not spend a dollar more. You know, I mean, I'm not counting his tablet looking up weather, oh, you know. Sure, I, sure, but, sure. I mean, you know, there, and this is just a little part, the lifetime value of clients. And this leads us – to the sixth tenet, which is help your customers come back for more. I mean, how does this all play together here? You know, I, I don't mean to be critical of any particular industry, but I'm going to dive right into it anyway. <laughs> the, the mobile phone business. I, I, today's newspaper here in Las Vegas has a full-page ad from several different phone companies promising a new customer a better deal than, than what an existing customer has. And there's something about that that just drives me crazy. It shows that we view acquisition as more important than retention. Now, now don't get me wrong. We, any of us, as entrepreneurs, we've we got to be out there acquiring new customers. But growth happens with a mix of acquisition and retention. And great acquisition happens via referrals from those customers that, that we are retaining. And, and, and so that's part of this, this whole thing. How do we help our customers Come back for more. Terry stays in touch. Terry finds ways to continue to make it easy. Terry values current business and in referrals. I mean, it's it's all of the things that we do to help our customers come back. Uh, one of the things that he's got, for example, is a YouTube video that walks you through the Jacksonville airport to show you where he will meet you. <laughs> now, this didn't cost a lot of money either, John. His wife shot it with, with, a, with an iPhone. She takes the iPhone and she just shoots him walking through the airport. But if I'm referring you, if you say, hey, Scott, I'm going to Jacksonville next week. Hey, let me recommend Taxi Terry. Here's where you meet him, <laughs> right? Now I'm shooting you a video. And if you've never been to Jacksonville before, you know, don't cross the street, stand at this spot. If Terry can do that, but how many times do we make it tough for people to buy more from us. And, and it's just absolutely asinine to me how difficult many organizations make it for me to come back and spend my money. It's, it should be easier the next time. No, I, I mean, there's so much value of that repeat business over oh. and over. And, and I'm shocked how often it's hard to figure out how to do the next transaction or take the next service. Yeah, let, well, it's back to something that you said earlier. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. It's viewing the lifetime value, you know, as opposed to the transaction at the moment. That that lifetime value that you mentioned earlier, well, when we start viewing it that way, then all of a sudden we'll do everything we can to make it easier for, for you to come. Well, and it gives you a competitive advantage over your competition when you do view that lifetime value. I mean, that becomes so significant. You can make smart decisions on not only bringing the new clients in, but making, you know, delivering such a great client experience so that they yeah. become marketing apostles. 
Absolutely. Well, I really love the seventh tenet. You know, creating joy for your customers will make your work and your life more joyful. How's that come together? Well, you know, one of the things that, that, that in, in a later subsequent conversation I had with Terry, one of the things I said was, you know, Terry, you're always so positive. You're always so up. You're always so happy. And he said, well, it's it's easy to be when you're around positive, happy customers. <laughs> I had that blinding flash, the obvious. When he picked me up, I was not a positive, <laughs> happy customer, you know, but he made me into one. And, and so, therefore, Terry's philosophy is I have to go first. If, if all I'm doing is waiting for happy people to get in my cab, I, I may not be very happy. But if I can share joy with them and make them more joyful, then that just reflects back to me, and, and it's like a snowball. I mean, it, it, it keeps getting easier and, and, and bigger. I, I, just as you, John, I mean, I, I've worked with folks who said, well, if you, had to, if you had to deal with the people that we deal with, you wouldn't be very joyful. Well, they're not going first. Yeah. Now, does this work every time? Absolutely not. You know, nothing does. What does? But, but I, I've discovered that those entrepreneurs and those professionals who, who also think about how do I make this process more joyful for my customer? What can I do to enhance the joy that my client has? End up getting that very joy reflected back to them, making their own jobs, their own careers, their own businesses infinitely more satisfying. And so that's, uh, I, I thought that was too important to leave out. And, and really part of the long-term key to Terry's success is by, by focusing on the joy of the customers, he's more joyful, and it, it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy that enhances the profitability. Well, of I always story. like the line that, uh, you know, we're not in business from our business. We're in business for more life. And it, it's all stakeholders, including our clients. I mean, we can really decide who we choose, and we can also help influence that through the joy that you've talked about. Let me go to a segment here. And it's the book of the day, and we've been uh, featuring your book, Scott. I'm going to just put it up on the, on the screen here so everybody has it, The Seven Tenets of uh, Taxi Terry, How Every Employee Can Create and Deliver the Ultimate Client Experience. And what I want to do, though, is you've got another great book and uh, creating distinction, and maybe just tell uh, our uh, fellow entrepreneurs what to do when great isn't good enough to grow your business. Everyone that's watching, you know, this podcast uh, or listening to it, you know, they're here because they want to accelerate their business. What's that book about? John, I, one of the things that shocked me is I, I, I dusted off that business classic. The biggest selling business book of all time is Good to Great. And I dusted it off a while back and I started looking and there's some great ideas in that book. In the book, it said that there were 11 great companies, that they, they had studied these 11 great companies, and let's look at what made them great. Well, I thought it might be kind of interesting to see what happened to those 11 companies. Well, well five are performing at or below the S&P average. Uh, one was acquired by a non-great company. Uh, one committed securities fraud and was delisted by the New York Stock. The, the model of financial management, the book Good to Great, is Fannie Mae. Yeah. <laughs> the, the model of retail in the book Good to Great is Circuit City. And, and so when you look at what only one, uh, only one of the 11 companies, Newcore Steel, by, by any reasonable definition would still be defined as a great company. Well, so if, if great wasn't good enough for these 10 of these 11 companies, then 
the inference I made from that is maybe great isn't good enough to grow your business. So what was it? And as I studied it, I found whether we're talking about a small business or a big business, being distinctive, standing out in your marketplace was really the key to success. Now, I, I use distinction as being a higher level to differentiation simply because just being different doesn't mean that difference is meaningful. Right. If, if I slapped every customer in the face, I'm different. You know, it well, you won't that. have that many clients to slap, yeah, though, Terry. Exactly. They, they ain't coming back, but I'm really different. You know? and, and, and so when, when I looked at extraordinary organizations and extraordinary entrepreneurs, I, I found that what they really understood was that, that customers don't choose us because of our strengths. They choose us because of our differences. Yet I see so many small businesses particularly uh, a small and mid-sized business that want to talk to you about their strengths. We have great customer service, right? Uh, well, who's saying they have horrible customer service, right? From a, from a customer's perspective, everybody's saying they have great client service. So saying that I have great client service would not move a customer to choose me instead of. From an entrepreneurial standpoint, we often think that customers choose us because of our strengths. But yet, if everybody's saying that they're strong at the same thing, you know, we got a great product, we got great customer service, fast delivery, friendly experience, then then what's the compelling reason? And I think part of the reason that some clients and customers become so price sensitive is it's the only difference they can find. Well, if that's the only difference that a customer or client can determine, we haven't done our job separating ourselves. A, a, a recent study by Gallup said that 70% of, of your employees can't describe why you are a better alternative than your competition. Oh, that's, well, that's is scary. That, is that scary? It's not, we need to sell to people internally as well as externally. If, if, if our own colleagues cannot describe why a client would choose us as, see, clients choose as opposed to. They choose us instead of another alternative. And so unless we're distinctive enough that a customer can pick that up, and it, unless we're distinctive enough that our own people get it, then then how would we ever rise to the top of the market? No, that's that is great, and I think that's that's so important the distinction between being just different and distinctive. Uh, and and uh, oh well, let's go to the next segment. We could spend you wrote a whole book on it. We could spend a lot of time on it, and I love that area. Uh, the next one is the app of the day. Uh, Scott, you're going around and you're traveling, and what what would you recommend your fellow entrepreneurs uh, consider that you have on your smartphone? You know, one that I've loved, uh, John, is one called Easily Do, and it kind of links everything together. It it what it does is prioritize. Uh, it'll go through your email and find attachments, for example, and save those. It'll go through your email and and correlate that with your contact list. Because I, I know, for example, there's been times I receive email from someone, we'll have an email conversation, and then I just unfortunately neglect to add them to my contact list. Well, this app picks that out, and then we'll add them to the contact list and prompt you to add more information. So, you know, there's a lot of calendar apps out there. There's a lot of to-do list apps out there. But for me, this has been the one that, that has saved me time because it will coordinate those activities. We'll add contacts. It'll go through and, and show you duplicate contacts. Uh, it'll save your attachments. There's just a number of things that it does. It does very well. 
And uh, one of the cool things about it, too, is it'll also give you a little notice of, of how much time that it has saved you. Yeah, right, yeah. you know, and which which I think is pretty cool. But you know, you can even go to a a front page on the screen. I don't know if you can see, but it'll it'll give you today's weather. It'll show you the apps. It'll do yeah, all kinds put, of cool things. Up, that, uh, the the website, helps. so you can see it a little bit better here. But the, yeah. yeah, it's a. I will be downloading that, Scott. Uh, yeah, I mean, the uh, it is just an. It looks pretty amazing. Let me go to the next segment because this sure. is going to be one that everybody that's watching us is asking in their own mind is resources. Let me go to your uh, website. I'm going to start with, you know, the, the uh, uh, well, you tell me which one to start because you got a couple websites. Where, where should we tell people when they, you know, if they want to learn more about what we've been talking about sure. and, you know, and how they can do it for their clients? Because, I mean, this is so important what we're talking about. We've had fun doing it, but, you know, this is, uh, this is critical. I mean, you got to deliver a great client experience before you scale it up. And if you do both of those, you have a phenomenal business. What resources do you have? Well, if, if you go to createdistinction.com. Okay, and I am going right there now, and I've just pulled it up on the screen. Oh, cool. There's, there's some resources there. It'll tell you a little bit about the book. But we also have a, a, a free workbook that, that folks can download. There's no obligation. There's no anything. You just download the workbook and it'll just ask you some questions and help you get started, if you like, on the pathway of, of distinction. So there's some basic uh, information there, a couple little videos, some things that you can watch just to kind of see how distinctive you are and what you might do and, and just some ideas that might improve that. Um, we do have more in-depth, comprehensive uh, education and training involved, and that is at distinctioninstitute.com okay. and there is highly interactive um, video-based workshops and training and uh, we, we also have a free monthly seminar as a part of your subscription. It's a subscription-based service that entrepreneurs can do individually. Uh, we also have many organizations that subscribe to it organizationally so that everybody goes through the, the program. Uh, as of December Five, there are going to be two programs on there. Right now, there's just the Distinction program. So coming up by the time many people are, are listening or watching this, uh, there'll be a second program, which is a comprehensive program on how to create the ultimate customer experience. So you can learn both the, the specific steps required to deliver the ultimate experience and the specific steps required to create distinction. And we have a monthly webinar where we kind of take best practices that we're hearing from the people that are a part of this and sharing that throughout our whole network, just in, in, in a similar way to what you do with well, your and, team. And Scott, I want to go to one last, you know, if they want to hire you as a keynote oh, speaker and that type, where would they go? That's just scottmccain.com, and it's M-C-K-A-I-N is how I spell my last name. So it's scott, S-C-O-T-T, M-C-K-A-I-N.com. And that's got all the information on the, the speaking that I do and the workshops and seminars that I do in person. Uh, across the country and around the world. Okay, well, let me do the last segment. I want to play back kind of what, what I've heard. There's a bunch of key takeaways. I'm, I'm looking at my note. There's so many. But, I mean, the, the very first one I, I want to go is I love setting high expectations. I, I really strive to do that in my business. I, you know, one of the part of that is you've got to understand what the clients want. We do a lot of surveys. I encourage you to do it. But you can, real simple, it's just ask the client or customer. And, and then you can 
you know, set the stage so you're going to de really deliver more than what they expect. I mean, if Taxi, Terry can do it, all of us can do it. Uh, the, the other one that jumped out at me, and there's so many of these, but is making the customer the star of the show. Uh, there's, there is really, there's so much noise in the marketplace. What we want is we want to have somebody that's emotionally connecting with us. And if you make us a star, you've done that. And then lastly, I want to create joy. I mean, I want to deliver on what the clients want, you know, really make them happy. And you've got to take the first step, as you've said. And, you know, if you do this, I'll tell you, you're going to make a huge difference. You know, what, what I'd like to do, Scott, is thank you again for uh, really sharing your insights. And I'm going to encourage everybody, you know, if you're here with us, it doesn't do anything unless you execute. You know, take this, go to AESNation.com, get the transcript, get all the show links. You, you can dive into this. You can really see how to execute it. Take all seven tenants and make them yours. Your clients, your future clients, they're counting on you. Don't let them down. Wish you the best of success. Exceptional, remarkable breakthroughs. AESNation.com.